Hello, welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And today we continue our journey through Genesis 1-3. through We're in chapter 2, or we look at the second creation story focused on the garden. And I want to want to talk about um, the creation of, of woman. So the way the story is told in the garden is that there's the man, Adam, and he's put in the garden and he's tending the garden, and everything is just really great. Except God notices something that's not good. Now, this should capture your attention, because in Genesis 1, the constant refrain was, and it was good, and later it was very good. Finally, there's one thing in the story that's not good. And what's that one thing? That the man is alone. I heard a, a theologian um, at a conference about 25 years ago ask the question, did God create us so that all our needs are only met by God? Kind of a trick question, because your impulse is to say, well, of course. However, <clears throat> in this story, who is it that notes there's something missing that the man needs? It's not the man, it's God. It's good that the man is not alone. There is a need the man has, humanity has, that's what I mean by the man here, humanity has to not be alone, and God notices it. The same professor um, quoted a famous Christian chorus. If you're younger, you may not be familiar with this, but it says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And he said, that is complete hogwash. The truth is, when you turn your eyes upon Jesus, the things of earth come fully alive, because in them you find their true meaning, and you love creation. And he wedded that to this story. So the God, so God notices that the man, um, it's bad that the man is alone. So then he sends Adam on a journey and he has them look at all the animals, and he has them name the animals. And so there is not a, a, a partner of the animals that's suitable for the man. So it seems that God wants Adam to kind of get this in his own thinking, to discover this hunger and need. And then we have the beautiful story, the beautiful story of God bringing Adam into a deep sleep. And out of Adam, God making a partner who's suitable to him. And what emerges is what's referred to in Genesis 1, that God creates humanity, male and female, he creates them. And so the man says this famous refrain when he sees the woman, this is bone of my bones, this is flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. And the point here is that She's from man, which means she's fully human, fully in the image of God, stands alongside with man, fully equal and full of dignity, and shares in the priesthood in the garden. So from the beginning, from the beginning, before sin comes in, we find that there's a basic human need that existed before the fall and will exist in the future kingdom, and that's the need for friendship relationship, connection, community with other people. 
It's not just a need because there's something weak in us. It's inherent to our nature as humans to be social beings. That's one of the challenges, I think, of modern individualism. There's a truth in individualism in that each individual person has full dignity apart from anything a community says about them because they're made in the image of God. At the same time, individuals are persons made for a community and can't live out their full potential as humans without other humans and without receiving from other humans. We're called to serve and we're called to receive. Both truths exist. And what often happens in human cultures, we take one of those truths and blow it out of proportion and destroy the other one. And it becomes a destructive thing. The, the extreme distorted view of community is collectivism, where almost the idea is to just expunge the individual. I think of back in the 60s and 70s in communist China, when I was a kid, I remember when the president went to visit, and, and everyone wore a uniform. I mean, talk about collectivism. But on the other hand, you can have certain forms of individualism where in our culture now you have what uh, my favorite Catholic bishop, Robert Barron, calls, calls the, um, the culture of self-invention, that I get to decide who I am all by myself. It's all up to me. I'm perfectly autonomous, individual, independent. Already here in the creation story, we see that both of those extremes are lies and that God made humanity as persons. And as persons, we have dignity as individual persons. And as persons, we find our meaning and purpose in community with others. And both truths are crucial. Both truths truths need to come into place. And what's amazing is how those truths both reflect the very nature of God, because God is Trinity. Um, The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, one nature, one will. And yet, in this mystery, three persons. And even that word we have to be careful with because for us, two persons are two separate beings. But in God, that's not true. But persons who live in eternal love in a relationship. And so is it any wonder that when God made humanity in his image, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Man and woman need to come together and by implication, all humanity, because out of the man and the woman comes family and comes um, um, uh, descendants and, and they have to live in families, and then families cluster together and become groups and tribes and cities. All those things that create human culture and human thriving and, 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 and the goods of this life flow out of this reality that we're not, it's not good for us to be alone. We come together to make the world a place where we can live and find joy and peace and happiness and live with God. Well, that's good enough for today. It's getting kind of long, so we'll keep going through Genesis 2. But just a reminder, as I said, I'm not doing a verse-by-verse exposition, but just talking about key ideas and themes that come up with these chapters that shape the rest of Scripture. And once I'm done with chapter 2, before I start chapter 3, I'll sort of summarize what I've said already in one episode, then we'll dig into chapter 3 in the fall. God bless and have a great day.